Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah. All still right. alive. Still alive. That's a good thing. Uh, did you have a good Memorial Day? Yeah, it was good. I had, got to babysit for the grandkids. Nice. Uh, some recently. Nice. Hot dogs. Saw a bunch of bad movies. Yeah, that's good. Sounds pretty American to me. Uh, how is the uh, your grandson is uh, playing some ball and no, their season has ended and yeah. he was better this year. A lot of improvement. Yeah, All right, good deal. Well, we're going to talk about improvements in technology uh, for our special topic today, and we're going to pay our respects to uh, the late greatest uh, Muhammad Ali. Uh, but out of the box, uh, let's talk about the draft. Draft is on Thursday. Uh, the MLB first-year player draft. Let me ask you this question right off. Are you ever excited about the MLB draft? Not really. Uh, I'm not either. It's difficult. I mean, I don't know any of these people. I mean, you can actually see films of some of them pitching in high school or something, you know, uh, but you can't tell much. Um, It's really tough. Uh, it's tougher to evaluate a baseball prospect than it is a basketball or a football prospect who are closer to being ready. Right, yeah. And, you know, scouts admit to such things that, you know, just because a kid throws 100 in high school or college, more likely, doesn't mean that they, you know, they're they're thinking like how their arm is going to progress over time and whatnot. Um, probably hitters the same way. Um, ha- can you think of a time where you were like really excited about the draft, like Chipper in 1990? Did you pay closer attention that year because the Braves? Uh, well, they because they had pick? the first pick, and but uh, the you know he wasn't our first pick. Uh, I mean, you know, we wanted this pitcher who said he wasn't going to come here. I forgot his name now. Uh, I think he had a hyphenated oh, wow. name. Uh, I mean, and then we. Uh, we took Chipper instead, which was a much better pick. Right. And uh, apparently that was Bobby's doing, too. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can find that uh, number one overall that we should have gotten or were think- going to get. We wanted to get, but he yeah. said he wouldn't sign with the Braves. said he was going to uh, go to college or something, but he didn't want to go with the Braves then because the Braves were miserable. Right. Sure. It's similar to now. That's interesting, though, that maybe we stumbled into, uh, you know, the better pick. Right. Well, we did. I mean, it happens all the time. Right. Well, you look at any I mean, you have to go back at least five years. But uh, to evaluate any kind of draft, five years from, you know, we. Uh, ago, they had Garrett Cole and Sonny Gray, and I think that was the Bryce uh, Harper year. I don't think so. Maybe that was 2010. Yeah, 2011. You had uh, Jackie Bradley, Mookie Betts, uh, the uh, a lot of good players. But I mean, they're interspersed with all these people we've yet to hear from. Right. Know? Yeah. I think Garrett Cole was the actual first pick in that draft. Right, because the Pirates had the first pick for like three years in a row. <laughs> More now, I think. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you about this um, because number one overall, right? Mm-hmm. Like you know, in all drafts, that's the most <laughs> talked about important thing. Sure. Do you think it's better to take a pitcher versus a hitter? Um, or what's the greatest no, I, risk? I, I I think the to take the best 
player available. I, and I, I'm sorry, but uh, you know that whether that's a pitcher or a shortstop. I mean, right now the Braves are in dire need of a catcher, but they're not right, going to yeah. go out and uh, draft a catcher just because he's the top catcher in on the draft board right yeah because that catcher may be 200 overall right 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 makes sense now that we uh you know with the mlb network of course airing the draft and then you can follow it online is it more exciting is it better for the common fan because we have more information available or is it a little bit but like i mean if the braves you know get that a guy from Mercer, or if they get that pitcher from Florida, you know, I'll okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good job by you. We'll All see right. how it works out in five years. Uh, yeah, right. Um, so an interesting part of the CBA, these bonus pools, because you have like the situation with JD Drew or what you just yeah. actually enlightened me about with the Braves in 1990. Um, so with bonus pools, you have a, 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 a monetary value to all of your draft picks, and it right. allows you to sign your first round draft picks uh, easier and better. Um, so does that make the dollar value of the pick greater than the pick itself? I think it's looked upon that way. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would think uh, so too. It is uh, an asset to your uh, to your ball team. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, I mean it's 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 I think increased uh with the significance of draft picks in trades. Right, right. Um with the CBA coming up and it's been, you know, talked about routinely that the qualifying offer costing a draft pick so on and so forth. If that gets taken out uh in the new CBA, how do you think the draft itself would change? Would it go back the to the value of the... I don't see the draft itself changing that much. Right. Maybe the value of the earlier picks changing if if you know you're never going to lose one uh, to a free agent? Could. I think yeah. it would just increase it. Increase it? Yes. Okay. And if you're never going to lose them, it increases the value. <laughs> That's a good point. Well stated. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think the Yankees are going to care either way. It'll still be a free agent. Who knows? The Yankees club, right? are, are, they're in a changing mode. It'll be interesting. Right. They, they may be sellers, you know, for the first time in, in how long would you think since the early nineties? Oh, more than that. Yeah. When they were drafting Jeter yeah, and right. all those guys at all. Um, so if you're the Philadelphia Phillies sitting at number one, you use the pick or would you trade it? Considering they're doing pretty well this year. Their oh, current I, crop of talent. I would not trade the pick unless I didn't have a good feel for who I was drafting, number one. If you don't think he is a sure bet, then uh, trade the pick for two that are a little bit lower. You know, it's it's a numbers game. Yeah. Biggest bust at number one overall that you can think of off the top of your head. Go. <laughs> no, I, I can't think of one right off the top of my head. <laughs> Yeah, Whoever. the overall number one. No, it would probably be somebody the Braves drafted. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Braves or perhaps the Astros recently. Whoever got picked ahead of Jeter, I guess. Although A Rod may be the biggest bust <laughs> at number one if, if uh, as it's played out. All right, so we you know we'll see what happens. We'll have more to talk about post draft because that'll be more interesting. Uh, so let's go first to third, measuring performance and improvements with uh, technology. Um, back in the forties, you had Bob Feller, uh, throwing against a motorcycle. Um, 
Or his ball was clocked by a motorcycle. He wasn't throwing against a motorcycle. Right. The speed of his ball was clocked by a uh, motorcycle. Right. For those not familiar with this, back in, I forget what year exactly, it's in the movie Fastball, which, by the way, every baseball fan should see this movie. Have you seen the Fastball documentary? It's available on streaming. You can get it on (laughs) Amazon Prime. Then you can get it on iTunes. Uh, made by the same team that did the Jackie Robinson movie recently, 42. Okay. It's great. It's all about how, you know, just it's about the fastball. It's about the very things we're going to be uh, talking about today. Um, but so that was, you know, 70 plus years ago. How much did, how accurate did you think that me- that metric was of the motorcycle? Um, I think we should bring it back. I, I think in the 40s, it was probably pretty accurate. I think that should be an all-star competition is, you know, throwing against a competition against like a cheetah running or (laughs) the Usain Bolt. I mean, that's just what owners want to see is their star pitchers out trying to throw as hard as they can in a meaningless competition. (laughs) Well, I'm sure the Marlins would love to see Jose Fernandez just trying to throw it past a speeding so, cheetah yeah yeah he's just competitive enough that he may it, want to do it uh i'd also like to see you train that cheetah to run in a straight line <laughs> we'd have to design a whole like kind of you know thing for it i don't know we'll, right. we'll, we'll work on it later um so it, talking about pitching and metrics so obviously we advanced through i mean before bob feller even you had walter johnson uh throwing through a ballistics testing apparatus what do you think about measuring pitching in this day and age? Well, the radar gun we know is overused, and there are yeah. two different guns apparently. Uh, you know, and uh, one is a little bit faster than the other. But uh, I don't think. I mean, we've been in Atlanta forever, and our success. I mean, smolts through gas, but uh, it was. It was always the case when Glavin or Maddox started throwing harder than normal, they started getting hit. You know? Right, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I think there is too much emphasis placed on the speed of a pitch. Now, when you see somebody's speed decrease uh, in a start or something, when he starts slipping from 91 to 88, then you know, well, you know, maybe he's lost something if you don't see that ordinarily. But uh, three miles an hour may not seem like much, but when you're watching it on the field, you can see, you know, yeah. uh, the catcher can turn to you and say, huh, you know, uh, yeah, so I, it's also were, the difference between the hitter seeing it and not seeing yeah, it. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think um, it's a tool. I don't th- I, I think it's overused. And we have a tendency to do that with technology anyway. Our, you know, our technology is always ahead of the sociology that uh, accompanies it. Yeah. In pitching, if you're a pitcher, now take it away from a scout or a team trying to evaluate a pitcher using radar gun, stat cast, all these things. But if you're trying to develop your craft as a young pitcher, what do you think is the most valuable tool available? Because now, you know, you have these, you can attach these motion sensors and, you know, with computers measure how much torque you're putting on your muscles, you know, your, your, where you're releasing the ball and all these things. Um, do you think that's really changing the, uh, 
the landscape for how good pitchers are early or how good how how much they can improve over time? I think um, a lot of the technology there is really meant to produce muscle memory uh, and allow you to always throw from the same slot and always, you know, and in, in keeping you within the same motion and everything, which is so important. Uh, if you're going to ask me what is the greatest advancement for pitching, there's no doubt it's Tommy John surgery. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. I mean, uh, that's the biggest advancement in baseball history in, in terms of pitching. Which, by the way, Johnny Venters, I believe, is about to have his third. Oh, no. It's so sad. I, I mean, but hey, you know. I didn't know he was still pitching. I, I, I didn't either. But, I mean, you know, three Tommy Johns later, maybe he can pitch, continue. And, yeah, that is the greatest advancement that, you know. Yeah. That that Chris Medlin could be pitching right now after two is right. unbelievable. So let's switch to hitting then, because this is, I mean, it, in your estimation, is it is it easier to train a hitter to be better or to train a pitcher to be better at their craft? I, I mean, if you have a pitcher that has potential but is has issues with their delivery or their release point or how much break they can get on a, on a, on a curveball versus a hitter who's got a, a bad swing or not following through or opening up too much at the hips. I, I, I don't, I don't know that I can give an answer to that. I mean, uh, from your you can, days managing, you know, well, young talent, uh, even the, uh, I had to look for, the, I never pitched. So, or really never pitched, uh, but I could recognize if a pitcher's balance was off, if he was rushing it, if he wasn't, uh, if he's throwing against his body. And I, I uh, but this is uh, really kind of rudimentary uh, observations. Uh, I uh, couldn't teach how to throw a curveball very well. You know, I, I taught pitchers how to cut uh, fastballs and things like that, but. Uh, and throw a slider. But as far as hitting is, I think, so much more difficult. And so much of it is uh, where your hands are and, and, and things that there there seem to be more parts to hitting the ball sure, than there is yeah. to throwing the ball. And I know that doesn't – anybody who pitches doesn't believe that. But uh, right. the uh, – I mean, everybody has always said hitting a baseball is the hardest thing to do in sports. Sure. Uh, so Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, so with technology, the advancements in hitting tools and technology is seems to lap pitching. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays have a, a virtual reality machine um, that apparently costs in the mid six figures to uh, to install and set up and utilize. What do you? Th- We've both seen video of this. What do you think of the? If this machine existed when you were playing, how much better of a hitter would you have been? Oh, I was an idiot. So I, I don't know that I would have been any better. Wouldn't help. Uh, no, I, my, my problem was more between my years than. Uh, and then, there's anyway. no technology to help that. I'm no, sorry. there's not. Uh, um, so this th- machine, though, this VR machine has a holographic image of the specific pitcher and shows their exact wind up and delivery and the break of the ball. Um, that's a major league tool. That is not because you're going to see same pitchers over and over again you're playing in college and you're playing vanderbilt this weekend you've never seen him before so it doesn't matter 
Yeah, you know, that's a good uh, point. The, uh, the same thing is, uh, and really until you are playing pro ball, it's more about you than it is about your opposition. You need to get yourself ready uh, and prepared. And the VR machine that is in Florida is, that, that's a major league tool, a, a tremendous tool. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, only something that a, a professional ball player would benefit from. Right. Or, or more or less. I mean, I, anybody could, but ensure uh, it would help if you saw the pitcher you were about to face. But I, I don't think that's possible to get every pitcher everywhere you know, <laughs> yeah. on this thing. I, yeah, I, below the major league ranks. Right. And just, some, I mean, minor league pitchers, too. I, right. I doubt there's... It, it could be impl- the VR could be implemented on minor league teams. Um, there's a lot of new tech that we could talk about, but as far as hitting is, is goes for young players, what do you see as the greatest uh, newfangled tool out there for the young hitter? The uh, I'm not certain they're always positive. Just like the uh, radar gun, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, that's fine. Doesn't appear to be. Uh, I mean, it's not always a positive. I think the same thing could be said about some of the batting tools. The Easton Mako Torque Bat, this bat that has the rotating handle, uh, which allows you to draw, uh, to drive the bat through the zone further before you roll your hands, uh, which allows you to keep the bat in the, the, the hitting zone longer. Is this legal for... In game, or is this yes, just a yes? Oh, it, okay. Uh, and every high school, college player in the world is using this now, cost a fortune. Uh, <laughs> but, how much does one one such bat go for? Uh, a about 250. Uh, that is a lot. The um, and and I have no idea what its lifetime is. I mean, you know, most uh, aluminum bats have uh, a uh, a certain amount of hits in them. Uh, but my problem with this, I mean, whereas this would be, it really would help your contact points with this type of bat, and it's shown to have done this. I mean, the bat's only about a year and a half old, but it may mess up your swing once you turn to wooden bats. Right, and, yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, we know that aluminum bats have, it's it's hurt evaluation of people and everything, because the sweet, uh, forget how hard the ball comes off the bat, you're able to hit it on a larger, uh, the sweet part is bigger. Yeah, uh, the sweet spot is extended, sure. Now, bats have changed. I mean, whether, you know, uh, forever the bats were primarily ash until Bond started hitting five grillion home runs with maple bats. And, uh, well, it wasn't and, just what was in the bat. Yeah, I, that was I understand. Helping him I do understand. That. But that, uh, that was also when, all of a sudden, there were maple bats everywhere. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. And apparently, what's the the guy who's in Miami right now? Is Ozuna? Uh, yeah, who's going to all of uh, Bonds' bats? You know. Uh, yeah. The uh, we won't say anything else, but yeah, uh, I know. The uh, too many jokes to be made yeah, of the Marlins and their hitting <laughs> department. But in, in terms of training, there've been there've been so many different tools throughout the years for hitters. Uh, the restriction things that there used to be like something that had wings uh, on the the bats to yeah. like uh, you know they're donuts and weighted bats and uh, rubber bats uh, that the, tor- the the infomercial with it has uh, like oh, a, a weight and right. then as you swing the weight goes right yeah right. there are uh, 
uh, one thing I used a lot, we, there were these bats that were just like sticks all the way up where, uh, kind of almost like small fungo bats, but still were hard. And they, uh, um, but all of it, it all gets down to the swing, you know? Well, yeah. And, and to that note, that's where this 3d modeling, I think is such maybe the most valuable tool for a young a camera. Hitter. Uh, is, you know, I mean, when, no, when I played, nobody filmed anything, you, uh, right, yeah. it, you know, so, I mean, yeah, there are all sorts of advancements that way, you know I mean? Right. Uh, but this, terms. this, I think it's called ZEP technology. Right. Um, you know, it, it, it literally creates the 3d model of the, uh, the whole swing where, where you're coming through the zone where your hands are and you can see and you can you can see the 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 image the model and rotate around it and i think that that is way more valuable than the 2d camera but oh sure sure but i mean in terms of advancements the 2d camera was pretty big it, it was yeah <laughs> it absolutely was having films uh yeah i mean i i before the 2d camera what was there other than just swinging a lot <laughs> the uh i mean there have been uh people have realized the hitting has evolved so much the the, the model bats babe ruth and hank aaron used the same model bat the same model bat but uh babe ruth was 44 ounces at its least and uh <laughs> and hank aaron's was 34 you know, right. uh, a, a tremendous difference. You know, an interesting fact about bats, you know, is in the the maximum length of a major league bat is forty two inches, uh, and Did that's not know that. and that's been the maximum length since eighteen sixty nine. It has never changed. Uh, nobody, you know, has ever <laughs> challenged it. I don't know if it, I mean, uh, Al Simmons, uh, step in the bucket, Al Simmons, uh, supposedly had a 38, uh, or a 38 inch bat. Uh, but I, I don't know that anybody's ever had a 40 uh, inch bat. Now, uh, wouldn't that have something to do with the, the actual width of the plate though? Like if you had a bat that was longer than that, you would, you would have unfair coverage like into the other batter's box. <laughs> Well, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, I can see why you would have yeah. a limit. I mean, but swinging a forty ounce bat would be weird anyway. I, I just forty inch bat. Forty inch bat. Yeah, a yeah. forty ounce bat would be tough. To, I mean, yeah. today, I mean, it used to be that everybody swung these clubs. You know, your boy Ru Clemente had oh yeah one of the heaviest bats. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, but like Ruth swung a fifty four ounce bat at one point. That's yeah. like you know swinging half of a car or something. You know, and uh, the. Um, Today, you never find anybody above a 36 ounce. It was a big deal when Willie Stargell told Chipper to go to a heavier bat, and he went to a 38-ounce uh, 30, uh, uh, bat, which helped him tremendously as a right-handed hitter. Um, the, uh, mm. I mean, and Chipper used was like the heaviest bat around. Yeah. I wonder who's swinging the heaviest in this day and age. I don't know if that's common knowledge. I don't that. know. Uh, I do know the smallest bat. Uh, ever supposedly was Wee Willie Killer. Uh, and used a thirty ounce, uh, and that's like little little thing. Oh, thirty you, inch, thirty, 30 inch. inch. Yeah, I keep right. saying ounce, thirty yeah. inch. There is a difference between yeah. the two measurements. Yes. Um. Well, considering that you know the 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 bat has uh, changed, um, 
you know, Bob Feller throwing it back to pitching here. Bob Feller measuring himself against a moving motorcycle to get that to estimate he was throwing 98 miles an hour. That hasn't changed in 70 years. This documentary fastball makes a great point about how, you know, the peak of human performance as a pitcher hasn't changed in a hundred years. Um, so is any of this technology that we have today really for pitchers? Can this technology help somebody throwing 92 start throwing 97? Perhaps, perhaps, uh, but that's not that important. I mean, right. uh, that's true. you know, we, I mean, um, Maddox could have thrown a couple of miles an hour faster. It wouldn't have really mattered. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's movement, placement. It, there's so many. So is any of it any better than just having a good coach? Oh, no, I, don't, I, I think having uh, a good coach is probably more important than any of that. Uh, a good coach would be able to utilize these tools well. True, uh, yeah. The uh, advancements in the game, though, I, I think there have been. It's not just about hitting the ball and uh, and pitching. Pitching. The, I, I still think the Tommy John stuff is the most you know uh, significant part. Yeah. yeah, of of anything. I mean, if there are people today that will say sabermetrics are the you know the the biggest technological advancement, and where we can measure uh, departure speeds and everything. Right, balls, stat cast. Yes, and all that stuff. That yeah. you know, uh, I don't know how much that really helps a hitter. Like, hey, the ball's leaving my bat two miles <laughs> right, an yeah. hour faster. You know. Uh, well, the, Michael Wilbon did this article recently in regards to basketball about how players aren't you know thinking in terms of their metrics. Like, oh, this is a long two. Let me back up and shoot right. a three because there it's all in the feel of it. Sure, so, sure. In baseball, uh, I would think the same thing. You know, uh, it, there are the game has for a game that prides itself on not changing. It is constantly changed. Supposedly. Uh, the idea of being able to compare players of one era against another, uh, well, that, that doesn't work. You can't, uh, you can't compare anybody before 1947 to today, you know, and, and what they did. Right. Uh, and uh, you, the, the biggest advancements ha that have been made in the game been the baseball itself after you know Mays is killed i mean you know yeah. uh, i mean chapman the, or, yeah uh, chapman is killed by Mays and the uh yeah. the, you know thus the advent of babe ruth uh the uh the when i first started watching baseball uh everybody left their gloves on the field for the uh, opposition to use uh, i think we should go back to that the uh oh i think you'd have a lot of people complaining about that <laughs> but if it would make baseball fun again they would, they'd have to fumble with that you know uh, i don't uh and the uh, anyway i just um the uh you look at the advancements in protective gear uh the um you know the catching stuff is you know we could shoot we have helmets, you know, yeah. I mean, think of the difference that uh, it means having a helmet that uh, with the ear flap down. I mean, that makes a tremendous difference. Uh, the uh, Tony Canigliero would have liked to have had that, you know. Yeah, uh, no kidding. And the, uh, Although, and by the way, John Carlos Stanton, it's like the, the, the noise is getting louder and louder that he's not comfortable oh, with, with the inside pitch still. Right. Yeah. So, but I can understand. Anyway. I can, you know. Uh, well, to that point, I mean, you know, let's stick with the helmet for a second. How how close are we to just having full like face masks? 
Oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I, the, they may, I mean, you look at what catchers wear now, they're like hockey mask and a lot of them are, uh, but there are a lot of catchers that won't even think of going those because they, they didn't grow up with them. Uh, I, um, maybe they, we might have something close to that. I mean, we're going to have, uh, they're, it's constantly evolving. The equipment is, uh, which is where the game evolves with it, yeah, right, yeah, and I agree that you know for all of our traditions in baseball that it is constantly changing. I mean, you know, the ball seems to change every six or seven years. I mean, we were talking earlier, uh, no. earlier podcasts right. about how more tightly wound the for balls sure. seem to be. So, um, but yeah, me- I, I, about Statcast, you know, measuring the exit velocity of that home run, it's like, does that make the home run Except, I don't worth think they, anymore? I don't or? think they. Well, they do it on television, but they, right. that's uh, the measurement for the home run doesn't fit into the general exit speed. Uh, that's different than the ones that uh, that are in the park. Right. But y- yeah, the, the, just how fast it's traveling off the bat. Right. Um, the biggest uh, to the. Uh, in watching the game, uh, the biggest change has been instant replay. Yeah, you know, for technology, and uh, I'm not certain that that's a positive. It's coming under fire for sure. I mean, the, it seems that too many things are reviewable, and yet when they go to review them, it's so questionable how they're making their determination, and it, it's slowing down the game. It really is slowing painfully. down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is slowing down the game, and. Uh, I mean, whereas they've addressed it so the manager doesn't have to just get out there and stand for a while until they've... I mean, uh, but I, I don't know that it has made the game. Uh, it seems to have taken away some of the human element out of it. Sure. Well, starting next year, it seems we're going to have uh, intentional walks or going to just be a signal or something. Right. What do you think the signal should be for an intentional walk? Does the pitcher have to, like, bow down to the, <laughs> to the hitter? Well, uh in Does he take his amateur ball where you don't have to do that, uh, where you right. don't have to pitch, uh, you know, it's always just hold up four fingers. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I think we should come up with something more creative, the, uh, something more interesting, uh, pitcher <laughs> needs to throw the ball over the backstop or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's the sign. Um, but yeah. And the low strike is being amended. Now there's something in technology, the K zone, right? And and that's been helpful for measuring umpires and trying to improve the human element. But are we, do, you know, Quest Tech was with us for a minute, and no one seemed to like that. But yeah. are we going to get to the point where this the strike zone is going to be laser measured? There are people that argue that all referees, umpires, uh, any official should be robots. I mean, you know, right? That you look at what. And it is uh, a convincing argument. I, right. as a purist traditionalist, think the umpire is, uh, you know. There are so many great umpires in history. Right. You know, the, when, <laughs> I'm serious. Enrico Palazzi being, <laughs> well, being the best. I mean, Bill Clem laying on the ground next to Casey Stingle when <laughs> Stingle acts like he's fainted. And so Bill Clem gets on the ground with him. Uh, I mean, Cowboy Joe West. Uh, the, uh, well, yeah. Uh, Augie Donatelli, you know, there, uh, so no, I, I, in baseball, I, I still want the umpires and I don't mind them making mistakes, you know? Uh, well, you know, with all, with all of this VR technology and robots and the whole thing, let's go to the outfield for a second. 
when an outfielder is tracking a ball to catch it, the human brain is making untold amounts of calculations in, you know, fractions of nanoseconds to be able to understand I need to move to this spot at this speed and the arc of the ball is traveling in such a way where it will be here once I get there. It's it's so far beyond what a robot could calculate. So if you've got a robot umpire, it might just slow down and not be able to really process anything. Are those in favor of the robot umpire really getting an improvement if some some something like that is implemented? Well, uh, we see what they've done in tennis, um, and yeah. um, that has seemingly improved tennis. So uh, fair and foul balls. Yeah, okay. I mean there are, uh, and the K zone and stuff would uh, sure. so. Uh, but in terms of plays on the field, I don't, you know, I, I want to, I still want to see a, a phantom tag of second base. I, you know, uh, I believe in the neighborhood play, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, so I, you know, I, I want an umpire out there. Yeah. But I, I, but I, you know, I am old school. I don't believe, I hardly ever support change until I, I never wanted to go to division play. I didn't want wild cards. I didn't want, you know, and I'm wrong on all of those, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the toothpaste is out of the tube for right. one thing. But yeah, it, it would be hard pressed to uh, disagree that the one game wild card of the last four years is, I mean, it's been exciting. Right. It's right. been a great thing. Um, I'm sure a pirate. Yeah. <laughs> That hurts, man. <laughs> it just hurts. All of Pittsburgh nations just hurting right now. Um, oh, I hurt with them. I, you know, I do too. I, I, I want Well, Andrew McCutcheon would love to see him play in an NLCS at the very least. Would love to see him in a World Series and with that team because the Pirates have been such a great team for these three years. They right. keep getting bounced in a great organization. Now, Andrew McCutcheon, an MVP, could be a Hall of Famer. We'll have to see. He says that his secret to hitting success. Is getting in a cage and hitting. Oh, so yeah, that's gonna be the secret yeah. of anybody's. Uh, so should, you can sit and watch all the film and everything you want, but you've actually got to get out there and do it. Right, you've got to get the blisters on your fingers. Amen. You know? And with the VR technology that Tampa Bay has, and they're trying to keep it on the down low, they don't want the secret getting out to the other teams. But this, this is—it's called the iCube. You're not actually holding a bat. Right. You have VR glasses and you see the simulation, the hologram pitch, and you see the break and all these things, but you're not actually swinging a bat and feeling the contact and and so on and so forth. So, I mean, who should be investing in all of this fancy whiz-bang technology? Only major leaguers. Only major leaguers. I mean, professional ball players, uh, you need, as Andrew McCutcheon is right, you need the the muscle memory you've got to go out there and swing the bat uh you can look at a pitch all you want but if your swing is a vicious uh part or uh, something it's a violent uh, action right yeah. right and uh who knows if you know it may be that your head is moving or that you're turning uh or that uh, you're picking it up with your weak eye rather than your strong eye. And uh, that can all change when you're swinging the bat. So um, there are all sorts of tools that can help, but it's practice uh, is, you know. We talking about practice? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. that's a great documentary too by the way iverson available on netflix netflix should give us an endorsement um yeah i you know i think when you get to the major league level as far as tweaking specific things i infinitely see the value of being able to actually see a full simulation of clayton kershaw's curveball but i think you know i mean from ages little league to through college just go out there and practice and it again it, i i can't maybe i'm overusing the term muscle memory but uh, i know that um i knew what my son was going to do every time he stepped to the plate because i understood his swing i watched it from day one we in Atlanta, the, the best hitter we've had here in the last couple of decades, uh, whenever he went into any kind of slump or something, he would call his father. And Chipper's father would uh, had kind of a magic way of turning Chipper around. Brian McCann, same way. The, uh, yeah. I mean, and uh, it's, it's always been a father-son type of game. But, I mean, you it's knowing that swing and knowing... Uh, the body that is making that swing and whatnot. So um, it, it does. There are no shortcuts to greatness. That is true. Um, that was trite. <laughs> well, it's appropriate, though. Yeah. And uh, we're almost coming into home. But just the last question on uh, performance and technology here. Um, with all the different tools available, all the different measurements of performance, so on and so forth, um, who does the technology benefit the most? Is the advantage with being a hitter or being a pitcher? All right. Uh, I think the, as, as I've said before, I think the greatest technological advancement is the Tommy John surgery. Uh, however, that may have made more pitchers just throw max gas all the time. And you've got everybody trying to, uh, hit 97, 98 miles an hour. And you see, you know, it used to be maybe one person on a team would throw that fast. Uh, now there may be one person on a staff of 14 or 13 that does not throw that hard. Right. Uh, yeah. so, uh, I'm not, and I, I don't believe in throwing that hard is necessarily going to make you better. Now I, I don't want to go up and try and hit a 97 mile an hour fastball. But uh, I wouldn't be able to hit Greg Maddox either at 88, you know. So, uh, and he pitched a lot longer, you know, than most people do and didn't blow out his arm. And uh, so I, I'm not. I don't think he went on the DL until I think 2005 or real six. Late, something. Real yeah, late. real late. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, same thing as Truth Clavin. Uh, and I, you know, so I'm not. Sure, things have helped pitchers, but we psychologically pitchers haven't caught up with that help. The same thing, uh, hitters, uh, you want to hit the ball hard. Now, things were changed, things have turned the hitter into uh, more power hitters. Uh, we, you know, trying uh, the small game has been lost somewhat. but uh, and, and a lot of that has to do with the bats and the way they're tapered and all of that sort of thing. But um, I think uh, it's the surgery element that's uh, helped pitchers more than anything else. But 
Yeah. Well, I think outside of the, you know, conditioning and medical technology like Tommy John surgery or certainly proper legal, right. you know, in <laughs> co- performance cocktails of medicine or whatever, whatever. Um, you know what I'm trying to say? Right. Um, as far as technology and the craft itself, I think the advantage is big time with the hitters. I mean, just that VR machine alone, the true benefit of it is that, you know, you're seeing exact break and speed of different types of pitchers instead of it just coming out of a, you know, the same hitting coach day in and day out or the same pitching machine. So I think the the pitching side of life needs to get their own VR machine where you're seeing specific types of hitters. Oh, and, and I totally agree with that because on the mound, you can see where to throw the ball better than you can anywhere else. Catchers have a knack and can see the way somebody is standing, holding the bat, uh, where their strength is when they are squeezing the bat and all, all this sort of stuff. Uh, and catchers have a unique way of looking at it but on the mound you have a better uh idea of what to throw by just the way he looks at the plate you can sense it you can feel it i wasn't a pitcher but i mean uh it's there uh so yes that kind of technology can work both ways uh but uh, i mean because right now i mean most films of hitter are not hitters are not front on not from the pitcher's mound uh so yeah it's either from behind or the side uh so yeah, I mean there, uh, but the the VR stuff doesn't uh, is not the training. Uh, I mean, what they have done with vitamins and uh, right, the yeah. uh, uh, muscle training and and so I mean you know your, your uh, weights and things, uh, resistance, and strengthening uh, muscles so they don't tear and you know all the stuff. It's uh, uh, you know. Herzog said years ago that there were so many people on more people on the DL than when he played. Uh, like nobody went on the DL uh, back in the day, and he said because athletes today are fine-tuned instruments. They are, uh, and there's a lot of stress on all of these muscles and everything. Uh, sure. And so uh, it's like a, a violin chord that has been pulled too tight. Uh, and there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah, and 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 hence the injuries. Right. You know. Oh yeah, tremendous amount more. And they were just so tightly wound that we just they just snap. Um, well, it, it's it's certainly fun to watch. You know, uh, broadcast now with the exit velocity and the K zone and all these different things. And who hasn't cheered when you know a hundred goes up on the radar gun? So um, I like that it's there. Always have so, um, and you know, Bob Feller that was impressive. (laughs) I don't know if that's the best way to conclude this discussion, but you know, we'll just see where it goes. Technology is constantly evolving past what anyone can foresee at this moment. So, in 2025, are we watching robots playing baseball? No, no, good. I don't want that. All right, so coming into home. We lost over the weekend one of the prominent figures of uh, North American sports. Um, I would put him on the sports Mount Rushmore prominently, maybe only second to Babe Ruth. Um, But Muhammad Ali, the greatest, passes away over the weekend. Coach, you watched him in person. I sadly... I never saw him in person. But a broadcast? Oh, yeah, I saw a broadcast. Right, that's what I I never went to a fight that he was in. You actually Uh, saw him fight live. live. Yeah. Yeah. 
So give me your your greatest memory, your your impression of him, your thoughts on the man. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> I guess start with is he the greatest of all time? Uh, as a boxer, I would say yes. Yes, uh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, boxing is nothing today. Uh, the um, with Ali uh, certainly may have been the most recognizable person in the history of the world. You know, I mean, somebody who could go into little huts in Africa and everybody would know who he is. Somebody who could go to uh, Kiev uh, in the Ukraine and they would know who he is. And, you know, it wouldn't matter. They may not know the president, you know, or the president of their own country, but everybody knew Ali. Right. Uh, He was a tremendous athlete. I mean, and that's uh, what people forget. Um, right. The, uh, and, uh, you know, he when he came back from the three-year deal uh, where he was suspended, uh, three and a half years or whatever, I mean, he, he completely changed. It became, you know, a different type of boxer. Uh, it had to because he had lost some of the speed. Uh, and to be able to change that way. I mean, and just uh, incredibly intelligent. Uh, his... Um, and a, a, by all accounts, a great man, you know. Uh, so uh, I certainly enjoyed him forever. I One of the things that I will, for me personally, uh, Ali made me aware of who Malcolm X was. Uh, right. I mean, and I didn't really, I mean, I'd heard the name or something, but uh, it, it's... Uh, opened up uh, my eyes to a lot of things. Uh, I, I Irony that he called Cassius Clay his slave name when Cassius <laughs> right. Clay was, you know, an abolitionist who was killed by a slaver. Uh, the, uh, or, I mean, the original Cassius Clay. Right. Uh, uh, a great man, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. As far as, I mean, I, of course, you and I together were here in 96. He lights the... Uh, right. The Summer Olympic torch, incredible moment. I mean, especially to see how ravaged he was uh, with Parkinson's. What do you take on his, what he means to the advancement of treatment for Parkinson's? Well, apparently he has, uh, he and Michael Fox have raised millions of dollars together. Yeah. I mean, and that's a great thing. Uh, I, I think it's, and and that's sad because, I mean, or the, the sad part of his Parkinson's is that, that's what people know him as. I mean, you know, most yeah. pe- there aren't, you know, he's had that for 30 years uh, or had it for 30 years. And uh, most people today didn't see Muhammad Ali play yeah, or box. Box. Yeah. Yeah. yeah compete as it is. Um, I certainly, uh, you know, ha- sadly think of him more as the tremendous figure, um, you know, battling Parkinson's, but um, the amount of... Uh, adulation um am i saying that right yeah adoration adulation adulation for uh ali across not just sports but in politics and pop culture um he is to me on the mount rushmore of north american sports next to like babe ruth michael jordan and then i don't know you could rotate in a jim brown or someone for for the fourth spot um would you have him prominently on on a sports on your sports Mount Rushmore? The only problem I would have with that is, I don't know. Uh, well, yes, I would. Uh, yeah. But the, um, 
is because boxing, I don't know if I put, you know, you know, do I put secretariat's head, uh, up there, you know, uh, it's a good argument. The, uh, you know, Interestingly so, enough, I had Tiger Woods on there for a long time, and I don't think you could do that anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're gonna put yeah. Tiger Woods there before Jack Nicholas, yeah, right? Or, exactly. Or, or yeah. Arnold Palmer, or you know. Yeah. Well, if you're going by the metric of who is most recognizable in more parts of the world, at one time Tiger Woods was. At yeah. one time, yeah. Arnold Palmer was the most photographed person in the history of the world. Uh, right. Be, uh, at one point, because I mean. Uh, We don't even have sports pages like we used to, but, you know, you would have after a Masters, uh, I mean, or a uh, a big deal golf tournament, there would be pages of pictures of it. And nobody was photographed more than Palmer. And he was, I mean, that's back when newsprint was a big deal. And he was around a lot longer than a president or something. Right. And of course, before that. Except Roosevelt. (laughs) And of course, before that, Babe Ruth. Well, so. oh, Babe Ruth is, yeah, he's number one. He's number one. All right. So favorite Ali quote to take us out. Oh, I don't know that. Uh, I, I, I'd i have to really review them to think of. Uh, the one uh, that uh, the one that Jalen Rose said in uh, uh, Mark Jackson on the finals broadcast that Ali saying, I'm so fast I can turn off the light switch and be in bed before it gets dark. I think that's pretty great. Yeah, but that was something that Satchel Paige said about Cool Papa Bell way before. Uh, that's where Ali heard. Oh, it. Uh, oh. Uh, so uh, ah. I don't that one. Bit apocryphal. Yes, if he, you will. He's uh, a lot. Has a lot of quotes that were. Uh, yeah, unproperly trying. credited to him. Oh no no no! He the, has a lot the, that he said that uh, you know were. Uh, that are significant enough not to take one that he stole. Oh, right, right. I guess what you're saying. Um, well, you know, uh, maybe maybe for next time we'll have a, a list of the top ten. But definitely it's been a tough year, 2016, for just pop culture icons. But definitely the loss of uh, Muhammad Ali, that is a big hole in the sports landscape. So float like a butterfly for eternity. Right. Well, uh, of course, thank you to everyone watching us on our YouTube channel listening to us on soundcloud uh and on itunes uh you can find all things running the bases at our website runningthebases.com uh leave your feedback leave your comments tell us what you would like coach and i to talk about um what we're doing wrong and what we're doing right so um so for coach bounds i'm tucker wells this is the running the bases podcast we're coming into home and we're safe coach good to see you again have a good night good night